Welcome to Empowered by Women for Women. This podcast brings you inspirational women and their stories, their successes, and their experiences along the way. Join us to be challenged and inspired, brought to you by Invintage and hosted by myself, Trudy Gunn. Today's guest is a lady with many strings to her bow. This remarkable woman is studying a Master's of Arts in Health medicine and society at University of Malta and works at Agenza support as a residential leader of young men who are 18 plus and have severe autism. But you're more likely to know Danica Muscat for her musical talents, such as winning the public vote at Musica Musica 2021 taking part in Musica 2022, her participation on Lo Canto on Italy's Canal Cinque, singing with Italian superstars Pier Davide Carone and Ornella Vononi. Her cover of In Senza De Te on Canali Cinque was published by Sony Music Ita Italia. So, Danica, this is an amazing resume, and we haven't even touched on everything that you've done in your career, but let's start with your musical career. And I first want to find out, how do you describe yourself as a, as a musical artist? What kind of style of vocals do you have? Do you play musical instruments? What kind of artists are you? So in regards to musical instruments, no. I used to take some lessons in piano, but I'm, I don't like sitting down for too long. <laughs> your excuse for yes. not playing piano that and using both hands at the same time oh <laughs> my gosh fair enough um and I mean you know singing has always been my passion I mean I started singing at the age of four um my first lesson my 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 mother I told my mother I wanted to sing because of Titanic right I, I there was the the Titanic and I went to see it and I went home Celine Dion. Yes, and I started singing My Heart Will Go On. Just the, the, the lyrics were not right, but I did sing. And she thought, we will try to take her for one lesson. We'll see how it goes. And she, she knows I'm, I'm all over the place. I, I, I don't like sitting down. I, I need to go from one thing to another. So she, she thought one lesson and that's it with her, right? And from the first lesson, I loved it. So I you were four it. in the first lesson? Yes. I you, were, you were singing Celine Dion at four years old? I wasn't. I was trying to sing <laughs> Celine Dion at four years old. So what, do, I mean, does that kind of indicate what kind of style of vocalist you, you are? What kind of performer? Are you a Celine Dion in the making? Oh, it's a bit hard to live up to that name, right? But yes, I do. I, I think I do enjoy the power ballads and... Um, Contemporary ballad. Let's just keep it to the ballads because that's where the, my emotions um, come out. You know, it's not that I don't like singing other styles, but I think yes, I'm quite a ballad slow um, music person. You are the Celine Dion of Malta. You're a ballad girl. <laughs> so well, let's let's talk about how you you got into singing because as you said, you went to see Titanic. Uh, can I just say, I feel really old because you said you were four. <laughs> you went to see Titanic. You started singing Celine Dion. Your mum sent you to for singing lessons. 
how then did that evolve? You carried on the singing lessons and, and how did you build the career on from that? Or let's not even go to the career because you're still four years old, but what happened from there? So the first lesson my mother took me to, um, the, the, teachers, the teacher told my mother I, would never, I could never be a singer because <laughs> um, I didn't want to listen to her. I didn't want to sing, not to sing. I just wanted to do my own thing. Right. And she told her even, I mean, she doesn't she doesn't get the notes. Right. And my mother said, mm, well, she's not good. <laughs> but my father pushed on a bit on it, you know, because I was singing at home again. So we changed the teacher. And I mean, from there, you know, you start participating in local competitions. You start you start from something small, and I think it got into something much, much bigger. Because a lot of Maltese are very fond of singing and performing. It is something that is very, very iconic to Malta. A lot of people get into it. And so you mentioned the competitions. You starting to sing at competitions when you're just young? I think my first one, I was around five or six. Let's move on a few years from these competitions when you're six and seven years old. And 12 years ago, 12 years ago, you gained fame for being a participant on Italian television station Canale Cinque, their flagship talent show, Lo Canto, when you were just 15 years old. How on earth did this come about? Uh, so by that time, I had moved on to another um, vocal coach. Um, her name was Rita. Uh, she was Italian. She used to come... To, to Malta for, for, to teach. And uh, there was this talent scout, and she was, she came to see us. That, that's how it was. We were around, I think, around 40 to 30 to 40 children. And she chose around five to six for us to go to Italy. However, by that time, I didn't know, let's put it like this, I didn't know why I was going to Italy, right? We just thought it was, you know, a contest. Okay. We didn't know. I, I went with my father and my mother. And as soon as we got there, um, it was the studio, right? But there wasn't anything written. Like, there wasn't Canale Cinque, <gasps> nothing. And we went in, and I was like my usual self. Everyone was like, and I'm going around, making friends, <laughs> being me. <laughs> And they called me in, <clears throat> and the first person who saw me, he stopped me, he told me, and I to I, they were talking in Italian, and I'm like, what are they saying? I can't understand, because I didn't even know one word in Italian. And you're 15 years there. old. Yes. And my father came in, and he told him, we want her in the next room. And they took me to the next room, they took my clothes sizes and everything, and by now, we, we, we weren't sure exactly what was happening, right? So hang on a second. You've been told to go to Italy. Yes. And that you think it's a competition. Yes. But you turn up at television studios, and yet you still haven't, you still haven't worked out that you're going to be on Canale Cinque, which is the, one of the biggest television stations in Italy. I, it, took, it took some time. It, it took, it took us some time, you know, because it's not something you come across every day. Um, in fact, in the next room, there was Roberto Cenci, who is the producer. 
And as soon as, soon as I sang, um, he told us to go upstairs to sign the contract. <laughs> so we signed the contract on the day because we had to go, we had to come back, right? Okay. So we had to sign the contract on the day. And apart from signing the contract, they told me that I would be signed with Sony and that I would be opening each and every program because I used to open the program as well. I mean, <laughs> I think it was... You're 15 years old. You get signed with Sony. Yes. This is astounding. And so you also mentioned that you open the, each program. How, how are you opening each program? Um, they used to do this kind of sigla, um, the song. The opening theme song, I think. Okay. Yes, that's how it's... And uh, I had the first part, so the first face <laughs> that used to come up was mine. Oh, my word. <laughs> so how then, did, when you come back to Malta, how then did that affect what you were doing? This is an incredible opportunity. So uh, what I did, I, uh, I had the opportunity to stay there for the whole year, right? But I didn't want to because I wanted to continue to going to school and getting my O levels and being me. <laughs> Do you re ever regret that? No. Okay. No. <laughs> and um, obviously I used to stay four days there and come here for three days and then go four and three. I used to actually, for example, come to Malta on Sunday and go back, for example, on Wednesday. So at least I would go to school for three days. This is incredible. Um, so it was a bit hectic, you know, but... And how long were you doing that for? One year. You were doing that for one year, yes. going backwards and forwards to yes. Italy? Two planes and another two planes every week. And how did that affect school and friendships? We'll talk about your career in just a minute, but that must have had a, quite an impact on a 15-year-old. I mean, I think I had a lot of support from both friends, family. So it didn't affect me a lot, no. And I used to keep in touch. I mean, you, you do find it difficult, you know. You go on Monday, everyone had the whole weekend out partying, and I go, and everyone's saying, how fun it was. And I'm like, mm, what was fun? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't my word. <laughs> But you, you get used to it. And I mean, the, the experience there, you know. I, I and wouldn't... you speak Italian now, I assume. Yes. <laughs> of course you do. I had to because I used to go alone. <gasps> I had to. With, hang on, you were going without family? This is amazing. So this is an experience that happened to you when you're 15 years old and you obviously uh, sung, you were signed to Sony. What happened after that? So what happened um, after the year was over, I decided to come back. Um, I had other opportunities, but I decided that it was time for me to come back. Um, I mean, I love it here. So no regrets on that either? No. Okay. No. I think every decision I've made, I don't have any regrets. That's a fantastic way to live. I think I'm here and I'm who I am for all those things I did. So... That's a fantastic way to live. And I think the first thing that I actually did once I came back, I submitted, I submitted a song for the Eurovision, the multi-Eurovision, and I managed to be with the finalists 
when I was 16 years old. So yes, that was, I think, the continuation of coming back. We're going to fill in the gaps in just a few minutes, but I'm going to bring it up to this year. Because earlier on this year, you were picked by a professional jury to join D Capital's big band during the whole of 2022. And now you've got the chance to perform with Spanish superstar Cristina Ramona, Romos at a concert that's being held at the Citadel later on this summer. So how did this come about? So I think this was something um, which has to do a lot with um, my manager. He's, I can, he's Mark Aliabelis. He pushes me a lot. Um, usually I'm the one who says, mm, I think I need a break. And he's the one who says, hey, yeah, come on, you can do it. So <laughs> we decided to apply. Um, it was, I think it was my second time applying because I had applied the year before. And I, it was a fantastic experience with the live band. And, you know, when they call you as the winner, <laughs> I think it's, it's amazing. Um, and the opportunity itself, you know, I will be singing with them for the whole year. We have the concert coming. We have a lot of other work and weddings. So I think it's, it was an amazing thing to happen this year. I was going to say, is that the big thing of this year? <sighs> apart from this, I had Musica Musica this year. And apart from, I, I wasn't alone. So it was... I think another different, another special experience because I was with Capitlo Tlatage this year. So it was a different collaboration, um, something out of my box, out of my comfort zone. But I will be working a lot with them, more with Capitlo Tlatage, um, on new material. So I think that was another big thing, you know. Um, I think from every experience we take, we get a lot. And Musica, Musica, of course, you were also, as I mentioned right at the very beginning, nominated as the People's Choice uh, for 2021. Now, you mentioned Musica, Musica 2022, which is uh, just a couple of months ago, which was so well received and so appreciated throughout Malta. And that must have been an incredible event simply because not was it just an amazing musical event, but of course it was one of the first big events coming out of COVID as well. That must have been an incredible experience, just a, that in itself, just being able to get back on stage in front of an audience after two years of not being able to do it. It must have been a real kind of landmark for you. I think I was fortunate enough to make it to both finals, both last year and this year. Um, and I think both experiences were completely different. You know, the first year I had a more personal song, whilst this year I had a completely different style people are used to. Um, be, being back on stage, it was amazing. I had missed it. I had, and I think this year it was... I think it was better because the audience could be present. The first year we I mean it was done for television you know this year with the audience you know you get that vibe that buzz I mean I can't describe it it's it's amazing you're back on stage yes well look we just covered a number of events uh, of your career your musical career but I'm going to ask you to 
pick out the one that you think is the most significant, the one that really sticks in your mind that you're like, no, that was, that was just the moment. First Eurovision, Malta Eurovision. I mean, I was the youngest. This is your first Eurovision. This is when you were 16. Yes. Um, And I made it to the finals. So I think the moment they called me, it wasn't even the moment, you know, I got picked. It was the moment they called out my name for the final. I think it was... I still see it, you know, some, you, you, there's the videos and everything. I see it and I, I feel the same, um, the same emotions I felt. And it's been a long time, so. And I think the moment they chose me for Yocanto, I mean, that stuck to my mind, you know, that, that's stuck there. Um, I think it was, even if I didn't know what I was getting into, it was still nice. <laughs> okay. We're going to come back to your music career in just a minute, but I want to deviate uh, towards your day job. Because when I found out what you do as a living, I was really gobsmacked. I was really profoundly stunned and impressed. I mean, you're a young lady who works with young people, young men uh, who have autism. And your goal is to give them as normal a life as possible. Now, I'm just going to stop right there and let you introduce exactly what you do. So, as you mentioned before, I work with within agency as support. Um, I've been working within the agency for five years. Um, my current role is, as we mentioned, a residential leader. Practically, I have my team of support workers and... Um, um, we ensure that the boys who are in our care um, are being provided with daily living skills. They are being they are being given the opportunity to integrate as freely as they can within society, which I think is very important. And what if there's something that I actually emphasize a lot on is the reducing stigma on these disabilities. Because usually, you know, when you see someone with a physical disability, you actually say, yes, that's someone with a disability. But when someone with autism actually um, does something out of the normal, which I don't like using the word normal, because for me, no one is actually normal, but let's just leave it there. Um, there is a lot of stigma around it, you know. They say, look how he's acting, look how what he's doing. Mm, that's not normal, right? I mean, it's not nice. It's not nice. But before we go into that and, and what you do on a day-to-day basis, just for a second, just explain to me what autism is. Because as you mentioned, it's one of those disabilities or one of those conditions that we might know and I do know friends who are on the autism spectrum and integrate into society. You might not possibly know that, that somebody is on the autism spectrum, but define it for me. I mean, there are a lot of levels and different traits of autism. So you can have a severe case and you can have a very high functioning case. So it it depends. For, ex- for example, I, I work with 
severe autism. Um, it's quite hard to explain, you know, and go into detail because I don't want to actually give out something which I, I think it's such a complicated, um, complicated disability. And if you have to delve into it, there is a lot of detail that if you miss, it, it, it doesn't actually come out right. Okay, fair enough. But do you mind me asking, uh, Danica, how old are you? I'm 27. You're 27. And you are leading a team looking after these men, these young men, who are affected by autism. Was this a choice? Was this a career choice? Did you say, I want to go and do this? Yes. Um, so I had the choice, actually, when I, when I did my bachelor's, you know, I had Maltese and sociology. And I actually chose sociology. It wasn't because I wanted to actually work in the disability field. Um, in fact, when I applied with, with the agency, I wasn't sure exactly what I would be doing. <laughs> and I started out as, um, as an administrative worker within the agency because I, I actually wanted to start out from literally from the scratch from scratch and start, you know, building my way up. And in fact it took me five years to actually um become a leader. I mean I wouldn't actually change my job for anything. It doesn't even come to mind, you know, change. I'm happy with my team. I'm happy within the team. I'm happy where I'm working. I'm happy with my residence. I think it's the perfect job I can have. It's so wonderfully reassuring to hear a young lady like yourself saying, I'm very happy in my job. I'm fulfilled in my job. When your job is what many would perceive as difficult and challenging. And I'm assuming to you it's extremely rewarding as well. But if for others, they may say, well, you know, really? Is it, is it that rewarding? What are the rewards of your job? I think the, the best reward you can get is actually a smile. Just a smile or a thank you. I mean, for other people, they're insignificant. For me, they mean the world. You know, even if I go in the morning, I just go in and someone smiles. One of my boys smiles. I mean, it warms me up. And, you know, you have those small, like, for example, someone does his tea on his own. I mean, for us, it's something we take for granted. For them, it's not. I mean, it's something we've been working on for maybe three to four months. So if we actually do it, I mean, that for me, that's a big achievement. What an absolutely beautiful way to live your working life. I'm really, really astounded. That's fantastic, and I'm really pleased for you. So no change in your career. You're where you want to be, doing what you want to do, and you're making a difference to somebody else's life, which is incredible. I want to come back just to the music um, before we close, and I have a question for you. I mentioned before that there's a lot of artists, performers, and singers in Malta. We seem to be a very talented nation in that respect. 
but obviously you've had a lot of success. What does it take to stand out from the crowd? I think actually being you. I've never tried to be someone else. I mean, I'm the kind of person who will go with the saying, you know, it's either you love me or you hate me. It's. Does it ever bother you if somebody doesn't follow you, doesn't like you? No. I mean, everyone has their opinion, right? I don't like everyone. <laughs> so let me ask you another question. What You mentioned these accomplishments, these incredible accomplishments that you've had and you're 27 years old and, and a good number of those happened when you were extremely young. What would you like to achieve in your musical career? What is the golden ticket? What's the real thing that you want to do? And we'll make sure that Marx hears this so he can sort it out for you. I've never actually thought of what I actually want. I'm, I'm the kind of person who lives by the moment, right? So if an opportunity comes, I would try out. If it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't bother me. So I don't think there's anything I've, at the moment, let's say at the moment, because there are times when I just click on something and I'm like, yeah, I would do that. But at the not, moment, not performing with Celine Dion. <laughs> no, if I would, I would love. I Mark, I would love to perform with Eminem. Emma, <laughs> you thrown down the gauntlet. That's it. That's your manager. He's got his work made out for you. I'm going to close with this question because you you mentioned that you don't have a, a particular goal that you want. But what are we going to see? of you in the next year? You've got your your concert coming up later on in the summer. What else are we going to see of Danica Muscat? So there's, as we mentioned, there's the concert coming. Um, there are some music videos as well we're working on. Yes. <laughs> um, as I mentioned before, I might have some actual material on my own and maybe other with Capitlo Platash. I'll be working on, as usual, maybe Musica Musica next year. Fantastic. So, yes, I think there is a lot in the pipeline. I just need to find the time. As always, Danik Muscat, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being inspiring. Thank you for bringing your stories and sharing them with us, but also just inspiring other women to make a change, whether it be through what they love or what they do. Thank you for, for having me. <laughs>